Revenue Rhino. I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Kristen Agnelli from Castellon Solutions. Kristen, it's really nice to have you. Thanks, Brad. Good to be here. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, I'm really excited. I think it'll be a great conversation. So tell me a bit about yourself and about your company. So I am our global head of marketing at Castellon. I've been here a little over a year. So I started in February of 2020, and I had about a month of normal (laughs) before the world went sideways. Uh, in March. But my prior experience is a mixed bag of sales and marketing, mostly in the technology space. So I've got about 14, 15 years of mostly marketing experience. And about 12 of those is in the various technology companies selling to lots of different personas and types of technologies in the space. Nice. That's awesome. And, and tell me about what you guys are up to today. What space are you in? What do you do? All that. Yeah, so I joined Castellan because I was really excited about not knowing what was coming at the time, the opportunity to make an impact in a space that seemed to be over here on the side. So we serve the, the business continuity and operational resilience space around the world. We have about 850 customers in that space, mostly in the U.S. and in the U.K., and some kind of spread across Europe and the Asia-Pacific regions. We tend to Uh, focus heavily on consulting. We have a business continuity operating system, which is a a methodology, if you will, that helps to build healthy uh, programs within these organizations. And then obviously the software to help automate a lot of that response and recovery when you've had a disruption. Unfortunately, we don't prevent disruption. I wish some of us could all do that, but we're there right at the helm to help these organizations plan for when it is going to, it's inevitable in today's world that disruption is going to come. So we're right there so that they're ready so that when that disruption happens, we can minimize impact, recover really quickly and get back to business as usual as fast as we possibly can with minimal negative impacts to the business. Nice. And, and such an interesting space to be in, especially this past <laughs> year. With lots of disruption. So what, what does it look like for you guys? What's the year last year and this year shaped out to look like? <laughs> yeah, it's been, it has been a ride. So I think that's true for a lot of folks, but I don't come from this space. I wasn't in the business continuity world. So I had to very quickly learn what it is that we do and how we do it and why it matters. And then that why became even more important over the course of 2020 and onwards. And we're seeing a really large shift in the way that businesses are thinking about business continuity and resilience. And then other than that, now it's like they're getting the big seat at the board table. Executives are like, wow, we just massively weren't ready for a pandemic. And here we are trying to pick us, pick ourselves up and, and keep the business up and running and keep our employees safe. And get everybody remotely working in a matter of days and doing all these things. So our business has grown. It's been centered around making sure that our customers and our community, our industry has really been 
elevated and able to sit in that boardroom and say, here's what we're doing and here's why we're doing it. And we're running these scenarios and we're doing these exercises to make sure that if we have a cyber attack, we're ready for how to respond. Or if we have a natural disaster that impacts one of our warehouses, we've got a plan B and another supplier we can go to in order to still fulfill customer orders. We made some pretty big pivots from a a marketing and sales perspective in March of last year. I'm a big believer in thought leadership content that really serves the core of your customer and make sure that they're getting what they need to be successful, kind of regardless of what's in it for us from a lead gen perspective. And so we put together in a matter of two weeks, we put together a pandemic guide and a pandemic template Because most organizations, that was the forgotten plan because they don't exactly happen every day. So (laughs) a lot of our our customers and folks in our industry just didn't have them ready to go, hadn't used them in a while, had to dust them off and figure out what to do. So we just put it out there completely ungated with some of our association partners, obviously in our own digital channels and other things to make sure that, hey, here it is. You don't even have to give us your information for it. Just take it and make sure. And we had, within a month, we had over 2,000 downloads of just the guide and the template alone. And then simultaneously turned off certain other programs where we would have just come across as completely tone deaf to what was going on in the world. So all nurture campaigns were turned off overnight and we didn't turn them back on until, you know, the summer and obviously rebuilt them in a way that would be more impactful and meaningful for what was going on in the world at the time for the folks that we serve. Yeah, I love that. I, I think it's, it's so important today to have thought leadership content and really provide value to potential customers. And I love that. That's, that's so awesome. And how are you guys approaching that this year? Are you still creating guides and content and all that? What's a thought? process around all that currently. Yeah. So we try to push out. So one of the big changes over the last year also has been that operational resilience is a term that is being thrown around everywhere, right? Resilience in general is being thrown around, but there's two components to it. One is there are regulating bodies, particularly in Europe, requiring mostly financial services organizations that are either based there or have branches there to be compliant by March of 2022 against a certain list of regulations, similar to what the marketing and sales world knows with GDPR and like some of those things Mm -hmm. we all had to adjust to back in 2018. But in addition to the compliance piece, there's a resilience movement that's happening where organizations that have historically focused on efficiency and doing things at a low cost, but high value and Getting things as when you think of manufacturing and supply chains, getting things there as quickly as they possibly could, delivering and then making it easy to return if you're a retailer or something like that. So we're working a lot on right now a operational resilience getting started guide. We're pumping out blogs at least once a week that are anything from, hey, here's what you need to be focused on to make sure you're building your resilience muscle in addition to finding ways to optimize and cut costs and stay, you know, efficient and all of those things. So businesses are having to figure that out. We've all been hardwired for so long to think about, I need to do things fast and efficiently and low cost and get it the best as I possibly can. 
but we never really were wired to think what happens if there's a disruption in the middle of all of those things and then all of a sudden it all breaks, right? So we're trying to pump out some content that'll support a lot of businesses as they try to figure that out and getting data to support it and doing some other things that are not just their own perspective, but third-party perspective to offer up some of that data. So we're working through a lot of that right now. It's been really good. So as we zoom out and we think about this year from a marketing perspective, I love the fact you guys are focusing on resilience and content and really serving uh, potential customers with that. What other things are you thinking about from a marketing perspective if we if we zoom out? What's on your radar for the rest of the year? Yeah, so we're doing a lot. We've got two of our first in-person events coming up in the fall, which feels like it's a little foreign again all of a sudden because we haven't been doing them. But we're really focused on, we use the term community a lot in our materials and in the way that we say Castellon serves our customers. And that community is anyone on our team internally, our community of our 850 plus customers, some of our partners, all of those things. Everyone's really thirsty for key learning from each other, right? Like, well, how did you guys do this? And how did it go? And what are you doing to be ready for, as we see increases in cyber attacks and cyber risk and breaches and all kinds of stuff, people are just like clamoring for what do I do and how do I stay ahead of this stuff? And so we're working really closely on some content pieces and campaigns and other customer marketing materials to make sure that those stories are shared, those best practices are shared. And I think there's a lot of really, I know I've had some private conversations with folks in my network who's organization either fared really well during the pandemic and was they were able to pivot or make a change or add a new kind of capability to their offering, which then allowed them to generate additional revenue. Or there are some in my network that unfortunately the business didn't survive entirely, right? And and everything in between. So we're trying to gather those stories and get them out there and and make sure that we create the human side of the, the personas that we serve, and then educate the executives, quite frankly, on something that they've not worried too much about historically. And the CFOs looking at supply chains for the previous reasons I mentioned, and now they're going, well, wait a minute, the supply chain needs to also be resilient. So how do we make investments there to make sure that it is? So we're working on a lot of content to educate. And we're working on one of one of our partners is a little bit of a different kind of partner, but I love them. It's, um, it's called Women Corporate Directors. And it's a organization whose mission, they're a nonprofit organization whose mission is to help get more diversity and women on board. So their membership, they have 2,500 women around the world who are one of the WCD or women, which is what we call them for short, members. And we're doing some surveys with them. We just sponsored a a panel and a, a virtual event with them. We're a corporate sponsor for the year. And trying to really understand, they all sit on boards around the world of all sizes and shapes of companies. And we're just trying to understand what these boards need going forward to help build this muscle in these organizations. Nice. That's awesome. That's really cool. So if we pivot a bit to your background as a marketer, what key advice or words of wisdom would you have for other marketers listening today? Yeah, this is always a tough one. The advice category is big, right? I I think at the risk of sounding cliche or oversimplifying, I think 
first and foremost, it's listen. If you as a marketing leader or marketer aren't talking directly to your customers or to your audience, you're missing something. A lot of us get so busy that we forget sometimes to make time to carve out, to talk directly to our customers on a fairly regular basis. So that's something that I certainly am trying to do more of and have been able to do recently and hear those stories. So I would say, listen, the other piece that I would say, there's always the big debate about, should you gate it? Should you not gate it? What is all this? And my background is primarily in demand gen. So I started in technology as a BDR. So that's where I came from. And I came up from BDR to running campaigns to managing you know, larger teams and bigger functions, and then ultimately, eventually the whole marketing team. So I think it's making sure that, you know, sometimes as marketers, and I'll call myself out too, we get a little bit guilty of just going forward and it's business as usual. This is our persona. This is who we're serving. We're just going to keep doing it this way. And we've got to constantly check ourselves and optimize and then recheck ourselves and listen to that outside perspective, whether it's customers or partners or analysts, and just make sure we get a really good mix of those outside perspectives and then stay on and make sure that we're putting out uh, helpful content and helpful. We do a lot of webinars that are just expert panel webinars. We try to put customers on them, help them get their stories out there too, like I said. So I think it's just really key to make sure that you stay really close to that customer. Most of us in the demand gen world think prospects and pipeline. And I got to build more of that when that's really important. We have to do that too, but don't forget about that existing customer base. That's really our bread and butter and how can we continue to serve them and keep them super happy. So hopefully that makes sense, but that's what I would definitely tell us this day and age to stay hyper-focused on too. I love that. That's such amazing advice. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. I really appreciate your time today, sharing all your wisdom insights, advice, all that. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. It was fun. Hopefully we'll get to do it again sometime. Totally.